Morning. I was just about to say, if you have your worship bulletin, take it out. I'm going to go over some announcements, and then remember, we don't have those yet back. But I have quite a few announcements, so do you, do you have something to write with? Because you're going to forget it. And listen, half of you aren't paying attention right now, so I need you to pay attention to this, because this stuff is uh, stuff we need to get going on. So, uh, some announcements, all right? First of all, thank you to whoever put, picked up the trash and the old garage sale items that were out in the pavilion. They were gone that Sunday, and so I really appreciate whoever did that. Thank you for taking the time and serving in that way. Um, second thing, shoe boxes. Shoe boxes are due next Sunday. So if you want to do a shoe box, I would encourage you, please do a shoe box. Remember, this is a way, one, to show some child in some area that would have no hope of getting a Christmas present that somebody loves them and somebody cares about them. And two, it gets them plugged into discipleship. There's a discipleship program that goes along with it. So really consider doing one of these shoe boxes. They're out there on the left-hand side. You can fill one up for 10 or 20 bucks. Um, please consider doing that. They're due next Sunday. We've got to take them to Monday afterwards. All right. Uh, third thing, change of life jar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a, this is a way to witness. This is a way to, you know, share the love of Jesus Christ, the gospel, with somebody. I had somebody say to me, Yeah. Yep. Great program. Great program. All right. Uh, we were on three, right? Check and see if you're paying attention. Three, change of life jar. We want to do this after Thanksgiving, kind of early December. So let's go to work. We're doing a great job, but still, you know, there's a lot of room in there. Um, green fits better, so if you want to go green. I know that's popular nowadays. That would be great if you could contribute to this. We're going to give this to two families. We've identified two individuals that we want to give this to, so the more we can get in, uh, the better. So consider giving to that. Um, Mike Leonard. How many people know Mike Leonard? Anybody? Mike Leonard used to run the Willard Adult and Teen Challenge, and he still is in charge of that, but I don't know if you know this, it was closed down. They were kind of... um, I don't want to say against their will, but they were, they were closed down. There's a whole big situation that goes along with it. They are really trying to get it started back up, but they need a building. So, one, I want to ask you, would you pray for that whole thing? Teen Challenge is an awesome program where people are set free from the bondage of addiction. And so we want to be a part of that, and we want to support that. Um, we want to pray for this building they're, that they're looking for, trying to get in somewhere that it starts. But he is going to come preach. He was a pastor for 20 years before he went into Teen Challenge and started heading that up. So he's going to be preaching the last Sunday in November. I want you to come to that. If you want to, if you want to give him a card or something like that and just let him know that you're praying for him and, and want to encourage him, please do so because, you know, that was, his, that was his livelihood. And all of a sudden they came up and said, hey, here's your last paycheck. So um, let's remember them and encourage them and be praying for them. And do what we can and, and just welcome him in the last Sunday in November. All right. Um, Christmas decorations. We had a decoration committee. 
I'm not sure who's on it. I don't think a couple of the people that we do know are not here anymore. But we need some people to be in charge of decorating the church. Maybe we want to do something different this year. If you would like to be a part of that, please come see me and let me know or send me an email or text me uh, and just let me know that you would be willing to serve on that committee. Also, too, we're also looking at being a part of the Festival of Lights. That's going to be a first-time event in Willard where they are decorating City Park Drive. It's right next to the depot with displays. I would love to see us put a nativity display out there and light that up um, and be a part of that. So we have to come up with some kind of a display to put out there. If you can help out with that or want to be in charge with that, I would love for uh, you to step forward and, and let us know that as well. All right, last thing. We want to recognize our veterans. Last Sunday we didn't get to uh, because we said we were going to do it this Sunday. So, veterans do not want to come up and be in front of you and, and have you all clap and, and say thank you and everything like that. But we want to do that, right? We want to thank them, and we want to know that they are appreciated. But we're not going to bring them up this time. But I am going to read their names, and then I'm going to ask you if you know anybody else that we're missing that we can add to the list so that we don't. But here are the veterans that we know of from our church. Lenny Branham served in the Army National Guard. Brian Howard here today served in the Air Force. Jim Gillum served in the Army. Jeff Goins served Air Force. Jake McKenzie also served in the Air Force. Annie Nadulis served in the Army here today. Also here today, John Prochi also served in the Army. Uh, Russ Robinson, Army National Guard. Dean Taylor served in the Marines. And Owen Tussing served in uh, in the army. Anybody else that we can add to the list that is a part of this church or has come that we need to remember and recognize that I'm forgetting? Yeah, Karen. Oh, yeah. All right. Marines, all right. And yeah. Oh, Brad. All right. What was it? Army. All right. Thank you. All right. Anybody else that we're forgetting? All right. Would those people that I mentioned just stand up in your, would be willing to just stand up in your seat and can we give you a round of applause and thank you for serving? And then I'm going to say something. All right. You can be seated. Here's what I would like us to do, though. Um, sometimes we see what happens in the military and people that serve, and we think it's glamorous, right? We think it's all um, like in the movies. But oftentimes it's, it's probably far from that. I know my dad served in Vietnam, and he came back, and he was like, um, I was talking about going into the military, and he forbid me. He's like, there's no way you're going into it. And he would never tell me what happened there, but I know it deeply scarred him whatever happened. So there's things that we don't realize as people that aren't in the military, what our veterans have had to deal with and continue to have to deal with today. It's not stuff always that goes away, right, when you get out. It's stuff that they continue to do. I, I think the statistic is mind-blowing today that, that 22 veterans commit suicide every day. 22 every day. So um, 
what we want to do is, first of all, we want to we recognize you, yes, and thank you, but we also want to pray for you and lift you up. Um, and we, as a church, want to be there for you. So if you're dealing with something and struggling to get over something, please come see us and let us know. I would love to see a, a veterans group start in this church that could just maybe reach out to people who are struggling and do uh, need s- some help, you know, or just need somebody to talk to that understands what they're going through. So maybe that's one of you veterans in here. Maybe that's something that you'd like to start. Um, I'd be all for that. In honor of you guys and everybody else that's served in here that's not here today, we are donating money to Operation Heal Our Patriots. Operation Heal Our Patriots. I, I, I thought we, we would have a video, but I don't think we can have, show that video today. Okay. Operation Heal Our Patriots is through Samaritan's Purse, great organization. Um, and what they do is they will fly people and bring people to uh, different places. Alaska is one of them, and they stay for a week or two weeks. The video that, you, that we were going to show showed a couple that was on the verge of um, divorce, and you know they were just struggling with a lot of things uh, due to some baggage from being in the, in the military. It's a, it's a huge strain when you're serving and when you're, you're isolated from your spouse and you're away and your spouse has to deal with stuff and you're having to deal with who knows what. You know, it's a huge strain on every part of your life. So Operation Heal Our Patriot is all about um, helping people out in that endeavor. Uh, and if you're somebody that's struggling, you know, we would love to submit you for that or help you be a part of that and send you that. But um, we're going to give some money as a church to that. We're also going to do a fundraiser for it, and we'll tell you more about that next week because we're getting a little bit too long, and plus i got to get approval from the board. Uh, but we are going to really try to support this, this program. But if you look up Operation Heal Our Patriot, you can find out what it's all about, and it's all about um, sharing the love of Jesus Christ, healing, and, and helping people recover from physical problems or issues that they've picked up or um, uh, emotional or spiritual issues. So we want to we be there for our veterans more than just platform. We want to be a church that serves them, loves them, and helps them heal, right? All right. I think that's it. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the ability to come and worship together in your name. Lord, it is to you that we give all the glory, all the honor. Holy Spirit, you have right of way over our service. Would you come and sing and speak through the people up on this stage that are behind me? Would you let us just to draw our attention to you? Would you help us to just be able to focus on you and give you all praise? Lord, you have right of way of our service. Do what you will. Lord, we thank you for our veterans. Father, I pray that if they're struggling with anything, that um, you would help us as a church to reach out and be there for them and, and, and help them. Lord, I pray that you would bless the programs in our country like Operation Heal Our Patriot and all the other ones that are looking at serving. We pray that you would use them in a mighty way. Father, and I pray that you just bring peace to these people's lives, to their souls, to their hearts, Lord, and just um, uh, let them know that you do care about them and that you are here for them as well. Father, 
we just want to be a blessing to you. We want to be a blessing to this community. We want to be a part of building your kingdom, Lord. So call us to that. Lord, we just ask this in your name we pray. Amen. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Everyone sing Holy is the Lord down and worship him now how great how awesome is he together we sing everyone sing holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory holy is the
I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God I love you though Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire in darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life, you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after, it's running after me your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been saved. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will see of the goodness of God I will see of the goodness of God
and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you, He is with you, in the morning, and the evening, and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping, and rejoicing. He is for you, He is for you.
Okay, just real quick, I forgot to mention, we gave out a gift to all our veterans here, and um, it's a paracord bracelet, it's got a compass, it's got a fire starter in there, all right, John, do not use this in church, but there's paint on it, so it might not work at first, you know, but if you get it going, it'll start working. Uh, There's a whistle, yeah, I used that, I know it works because I used it to wake up Ethan this morning. And he really appreciated that. And he's been in a great mood ever since. (laughs) All right, would you take out your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be finishing up the Lord's Prayer today. This this has been a, a sermon series that has challenged me, and I hope it's challenged you, to pray more, to understand what prayer is, and to know how to pray. Um, so Matthew chapter 6, would you stand with me in honor of God's Word? Beginning at verse 9, Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you taught us how to pray. Lord, I pray that we would realize every one of us in here, the incredible privilege that we have to be able to come into your presence. Lord, help us to be a church that's known for prayer. Help us to lift each other up with prayer. Help us to go to you in prayer for our source of strength, for the direction in our life, Lord. And help us to teach others how to pray. Lord, we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hopefully you got one of these little guides. If you didn't, um, I will have them back there when you leave. Grab one of these. It's just kind of a helpful reminder template on how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And, and, and this is a great model, right, model for your prayer time and how to pray. So make sure you grab one of those. If you don't, come up here right afterwards and just, just pick it up. But today we're going to be finishing up the series. We're going to be in verses 11 through 13. I want to do a quick recap, not so quick recap, because the first part is just so important. And so I want to hit that again, go through some stuff, and then we'll do the, the last part. But um, how many of you have ever taken a spiritual gifts quiz? Anybody taken a spiritual gift quiz? All right, so those, things, those spiritual gifts quiz are obviously, they're supposed to help you to find out what your spiritual gifts are. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I really don't think 
they work. I, do, I really don't think they're accurate. Um, th- my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but I would, I think God reveals things to us. Remember, he reveals the majority of his will through his word, but then there's some things that he calls us specifically to, and sometimes it's just a matter of jumping in the water, swimming around until you find what that is. Um, I think we think we know what we're good at, and so that kind of plays out in a spiritual gifts quiz. But if you've ever taken one, there's probably come to a question like this. Um, have you ever found yourself just praying for hours, not realizing how long you have been praying for? Good. All right. In other words, have you been praying, you know, and all of a sudden you look up the clock and it's like three hours later and you're like, where did the time go? Um, Any of you like that besides Daniel? You're at Daniel. All right. One. All right. So uh, I've actually had something like that happen in my prayer time. You know, I have been praying and I've fallen asleep and I've woken up a few hours later and I'm like, oh, wow, where did the time go? You know, that that has been my is that bad? I probably shouldn't, shouldn't joke around about that. Joke around about prayer. I, I tell you what, though, prayer is, prayer is an important part of my life. All right, but I'm just not a three-hour type person when it comes to, to praying. Um, I've never had that other way happen where you just don't realize the time. Some people are spiritual prayer warriors, though, and they do experience that. Uh, maybe you're the person that prayer comes be easy, but maybe you're the person that prayer doesn't, and it feels like a chore. I've spent a long time where that's been the case in my life. Um, not so much anymore, but that's how it, how it started out. Uh, when I look at the life of Jesus, though, it is fascinating. It is um, incredible when you look at his prayer life. All right, for all the people that you wouldn't think had to pray, didn't need to pray, uh, he is just always in prayer Prayer is the primacy of his life, of his walk. He teaches about prayer, right? Quite a few times he teaches us how to pray. He's the, he's the big teacher on prayer in the Bible. It's not Moses, right? Moses, great leader. It's not Isaiah, great prophet. No, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who teaches us how to pray. The Son of God. Jesus is the one that comes along and he teaches it. Uh, we see it in, throughout his life. It's at the center of his life. We see Jesus pray for people, and it heals them, right? He tells us that uh, only through prayer and fasting certain demons are be able to be cast out. So we see the importance of it. Uh, he whoops some people or makes a, a whip and starts driving people out of the temple because he says, hey, you've made it this, this place that it shouldn't be, and it should be, my house should be a house of prayer, Prayer is important. We see him regularly going off on a mountainside to be alone and pray late at night. Last week we talked about Jesus when he's facing his greatest crisis, right? The cross, the crucifixion. And we saw how he handled that. He went and he prayed. And he surrendered his will to the Father's will. In John 17, at the Last Supper, Jesus prays this very long prayer for his disciples. And it's not just for his disciples, it's for all believers. It's for the future church. When he's on the cross, he prays Psalm 22. Prayer is just front and center. And and when I see all of this, and when I think about all of this, and all I've read about Jesus in prayer, I have a genuine 
question that comes up. And that question is, what am I missing? What am I missing? I've just noticed something just, just here this week doing study for this. I've noticed something, and I think it's, it's amazing. But prayer was something that actually sustained him. Prayer was actually something that sustained him. It gave him strength. It gave him direction. It gave him fortitude. It recharged him, right? And it, that makes me wonder, and maybe it makes, should make you wonder, is prayer something that sustains you? Is prayer something that sustains me? Or is it just a duty or a task to perform? Have you ever once thought when you're reading about Jesus and praying that Jesus approached prayer as a chore? No. When you're reading the book of Acts and about the first church, have you ever looked at how they prayed and what they prayed and ever thought that they thought it was a, a, tor- a chore or a task or a duty to perform? No, you don't see that. All you see is prayer sustaining them. It was a source of power, source of strength, source of comfort. How does that happen? Why is that? Well, prayer is not magical, right? Prayer is that like magical voodoo words that we just say and they have power. Some, some te- people will teach that that the words are, are super important and it's just a matter of reciting that. You even hear that in Christianity as a false doctrine, all right? Prayer itself doesn't sustain us or give us power. Instead, prayer allows us to draw into the presence of God. And that's where the power comes from. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the sustenance comes from. That's what prayer was to Jesus. A time to get into the presence with his Father. Jesus' disciples noticed his prayer life. They noticed something far different than their prayer life, right? And maybe that's you today, or maybe you before this series. You notice that Jesus' prayer life is far different. And so they asked him, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like you do. As children, as, as Jewish children, they would have been taught how to pray. But they saw something different. They would have had tons of prayers memorized. But they saw something real. And so he taught them, and he gives us the Lord's Prayer, which is the template that you have before you, that you have in the Word of God, right? We get the secret formula to pray like Jesus prayed. I ask you, you know, if you could pray like Jesus prayed, wouldn't you do that? Well, you've got the answer here. You've got the template. He tells us how to do that. Now we just have to do it experience it. All right, before we get into the last verses, 11 through 13, I want to go over some of the first part because they are immensely important, especially the first two words, our Father. This is the key to Jesus' prayer life, and it is the key to ours as well. We did a whole sermon just on these two words. That's how we started it out. But let me share something new that I didn't share the first time. The word Father in the Old Testament is used 1,200 times. 1,200 times the word Father in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's 415 times. Now, that seems pretty logical, right? 
I mean, the Old Testament is three times as long as the New Testament, so you would think that that word would show up three times as many times. But here's where it gets interesting, all right? In the Old Testament, the word Father, 1,200 times, is only used 40 times to reference God. 40 times, that's what percentage? 3%, all right? That is only 3% of the time. But in the New Testament, that proportion changes, and it changes tremendously. In the New Testament, of the 415 times, the word is used 260 times talking about God as Father. That's 63% of the time. What's so big about that? This shows us that there is a dramatic shift from the Old Testament to the New Testament and how we relate to God. And that shift comes through Jesus Christ, right? The reason for the shift is because of the arrival of the Son. He makes that possible. The words, our Father, they're really a summary of the gospel. They're a summary of Jesus' mission. Jesus' mission was to make his Father our Father. It was to enable us to become children of God, to approach God in that manner. And this is the key. This is the key to really appreciating prayer. It's about enjoying our relationship with our dad. Some of you have probably had great relationships with your dad, and other of you, not so much. Can I tell you, you can have a great relationship with your Heavenly Father. It's possible. It's something that you can enjoy in prayer. So that's where we need to to start. So Jesus says, he's talking about prayer, go into your room by yourself. Keep it simple, right? You don't need all the big words. Keep it real. And here's where you start. And so what I find is incredible that I can walk into a room, shut the door, and say, hey, Dad. And I'm in the presence of the Almighty God, the creator of the universe. He's there. He is the one who knows all things. He is the one who rules all things. He is the one who is sovereign. And I get to say, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. So we have to start really with this understanding of of who we are talking to. And then we hallow his name. Hallowed means that he is without equal. We put him front and center. We worship him. You ever wonder why worship is important? First and foremost, worship takes us off the throne and places him on the throne. Takes us off the throne and places him on the throne. Of course, he is deserving of worship, right? He died for us. He sent his son to die for us. Of course we should worship him. But I think there's another reason, and another important reason to worship, and that is because it changes our perspective. The more we talk about the greatness of God, the more we realize who he is, what he is capable of, it changes our perspective. If all we do is look at the mountain before us, if that's all we focus on, it just seems huge, inscalable. It's something that we can't see how to get past. 
But when we start to praise God, we talk about the greatness of God, the bigness of God, the infinite power of God. The more we do that, the smaller that mountain gets. The smaller our worries and troubles become. Yeah, I'm facing this thing that looks like a mountain, but I'm talking to the mountain mover. I'm talking to the person who created that mountain, who created the stars in the universe, and he's my dad. And it's just a hill. That doesn't happen without worship. When we're singing to him, it puts everything into perspective, right? Draws our attention to him. We take ourselves off the throne. We quit worshiping ourselves and we worship the one true God. I have, I have recently been through a season of anxiety. Oh my gosh, it's like been a year out of me, right? It has been sleepless nights. It has been worry. It has been sick to my stomach. Um, and the only way that I've found that helps is to worship God. In the middle of the night, when I wake up and that thing is heavy on my heart, it's to pray and give him glory. And when I do that, when I put my trust in him, I know I have a, a father who loves me, who is with me right there through those things, and I know I can trust him. I encourage you to worship him. Turn your focus off the mountain and onto the mountain mover. So this is the first part of prayer. And the first part of prayer is privilege and praise. We are privileged to come to our Father, and we give him praise, and we worship him, right? The next part is about priorities. And this says, the next part is, your kingdom come, your will be done. In the Sermon on the Mount, there are two pictures of God, two images of God. One is, yes, he is our Father. The other image is, he is our King. Our Father has a kingdom, and he's in the business of building that kingdom. And he calls us to be a part of that, to help in that. He wants that kingdom to advance. This world is broken. This world is ugly. This world is, is full of pain, injustice, hatred. And the only way that changes, the only hope for that is to build the kingdom of God. And we need to be a part of that. What is his will? What is his desire? It's that all would come to faith, right? His will and desire is that there would be justice. Justice for all. His will and his desire is that people would be healed. Spiritually healed. Spiritually set free. Physically healed. Emotionally healed. Healed of our brokenness. We see that that's the desire of God's Word. And we see that lived out in the life of Jesus Christ. And that's what He calls us to be. And either we can have our will and do what we want to do, or we can be a part of building the kingdom of God and do His will. One has to be surrendered. And we pray, not my will, but Your will be done. 
When you're praying for God's kingdom, these are the things that you pray for. And by praying for those things, you ask, Lord, what is my role in this? Where is my place in this? What is my purpose in this? What would you have me do? And I guarantee you, if you are praying that prayer, He will speak to you. He will call you to something. It will be scary, right? You will not feel like you are able to do it. But if you trust Him with it, He'll enable you. And we said that's when things get exciting. That's when things get scary. But that's when things get exciting. By, changing, by praying this, it changes our perspective off of us and what we want into the salvation of the world. So all those things that we talked about. So, first part is combining praise with privilege. The second part, we move into priorities and God's kingdom. And today we hit the last part. We turn to provisions and power. Provisions and power. What does God provide us with and how do we get to the power? We get to the power when we are freed from burdens. And that is the frame. That is the, the, the uh, way I want to look at this last part. What are the burdens that get in the way? Verse 11 says, Give us today our daily bread. Lots of us feel a very heavy burden to provide. Maybe provide for ourselves or, or for the people around us. That is a worry that I have, right? What happens if I lose my job? And so I, I plan ahead for contingencies, and those are some of the things that I, I think about. You know, what's going to happen after I'm dead and gone with my family? Who's going to watch over them? Who's going to be there for them? These are, these are some of the burdens that I'm sure you experience. And sometimes these are the burdens that get in the way of us following God's will. God may ask you to quit your job and, and be a missionary. But maybe one of the things you're, you're thinking of is, how am I going to provide for my family? He might ask you to do something completely different. And maybe you'll be thinking about, I don't see how that can happen. I don't see how financially that can happen. I don't see how mentally I'm there or, or I know enough or I can do enough or I, I have enough. What's your burden that stops you from following God's call? Burdens aren't always financial, right? Look at the burden a single parent has today when it comes to trying to juggle work and be there for your kids. Then COVID comes around, right, and just throws everything to the wind, and you're, you're trying to figure out how to, how to have somebody watch your kids while you're at work. Or maybe you just need a break, but you have the responsibility that you need to, to follow. Sometimes there just comes to a time where there's nothing left in the tank. You're spent. But you can't stop because somebody's depending on you. One of the truths of this prayer that it's communicated here is that there is someone who can provide for you. There is someone who can meet your needs. You can come to God with those daily needs, however big, however basic, and He will hear you and He will respond. 
The Greek word for daily here is a special word that's only used twice in the Bible, and both times it's used, it's in the Lord's Prayer. There's two different occurrences of the Lord's Prayer, one shorter version, one longer version. Now, there are two ways, though, that this word can be translated. Obviously, one is daily, and that's what we have here. The other one is to mean needed. In other words, this passage could be translated, give us today the bread that is needed. It is the prayer for God to sustain us. Maybe your bills are super tight and you're wondering how you're going to get by. God has the power to sustain us. When we pray this, we are putting our needs, our hope, our dependence squarely in his hands, in the hands of an all-powerful God. And the key is not only to put this, these things these requests in his hand. The key, though, is to let go, right? Because this is the area of our life that we struggle with, at least I do, in letting go of and trusting him. Yeah, I'm going to ask for it, but will I really give it to him and depend on him and trust him? We don't want to let go, but this is the prayer. We release it and we trust it to him to provide This is the prayer that communicates our dependence on God. Our full dependence on God. Not something I like to do. Not something I'm comfortable doing. I like to be able to depend on myself. That's where I want to depend. But when God calls you, he calls you beyond yourself. He calls you beyond what you're capable of. Of, and you have a choice. Do I put my dependence in him? Or do I say no because I don't see how that's possible with me? If you're beat up, if you're wiped, go to him. The Christian life is built on dependence to him. And if your dependence is in him, then you can follow his call. Here's something really interesting about this. Jesus is clear to communicate that God's provision right, for our needs doesn't depend on our goodness. He teaches us that when we pray, we ask God to give us our daily bread before we ask God to forgive us. There's no mistake in the order of this, right? There's no mistake. But when I pray, I always flip the order. I always pray, God, forgive me. Because then I feel like I am worthy then to come into his presence and to ask him for things. And if he doesn't answer those things, I must not be worthy or I must have some problems that I need to take out. But no, God puts, give us our daily bread before God forgive us. But we think maybe if I'm good enough, he will provide for me. God does not make mistakes, though. There is a reason for this order. Why is that? Because when we approach him, we do not approach him with our goodness. Right? Our goodness, our filthy rags. We approach him with the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. We approach him through Jesus' righteousness. That's the only way we can approach him. If it was up to us in our goodness, we would never even be able to get close. Do you remember that time when your kids, they screwed up, and you're like, I'm done feeding you? No, you don't, right? 
Because they're your kids. Why do, we, why do we think God is like that? Why do we think our Father is like that? Next line. Forgive our sins. This is important. I'm not trying to downplay this. It is supremely important. But this is another burden that some of us carry. It is guilt. It is the sense that we've done something wrong. And sometimes it is unjustified. We have an enemy who likes to throw guilt on us. But sometimes it is very justified and it is the conviction of God that we feel and it is for a good reason. What this line does, forgive us our sins, it allows us to bring that burden of guilt before our Heavenly Father and we ask Him to deal with it. Have you ever read the book Pilgrim's Progress or seen the movie? There is a character in there whose name is Christian and he carries this huge burden that represents his sins. It's like a backpack gone wrong. It's like a COVID backpack, right? My, my kids have to go to school and you're not allowed to go to your locker and you have to bring all your books home. And so I don't know about the rest of you guys in here, but your backpacks are probably huge and really heavy. This is, this is what it's like, though, to, to carry that backpack of sin around with you. But Christian can't get the backpack off and it weighs a ton. It weighs him down. And eventually, though, he makes his way to the foot of the cross. And when he's at the foot of the cross and he meets Jesus, the burden is suddenly cut away from him and he's set free. And do you know what he does? He leaps around, jumping for joy. And this is a picture of what happens when we come to the Father and we're freed from that burden of guilt, of that burden of sin. And we ask him, Lord, Father, please forgive us. And it's like a weight is lifted. And you experience that joy that the songwriters say, that unspeakable joy. When you're full of guilt and you don't come to the Father, that's a heavy weight. You're just not right and there's, a, there's like a distortion between you and God and it often feels like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceilings. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to repent. You need to turn for that. And there's freedom there. And you need to accept that freedom. You don't base that on your goodness. You base that on His goodness and what His Word says and communicates to us because sometimes you can ask for forgiveness but the enemy will come in and say God's not really forgiven you. That's a lie. Right? That's a lie. Accept his forgiveness. Release that burden. So, we ask God to forgive our sins. The next part is we pray as we forgive those who sin against us. Oh. Here's where it gets fun, right? This is the, the burden of that bitterness and resentment towards other people. It's when somebody has done something to hurt us in some way, and it's a natural reaction to want, them, to want to pay them back. It's not forgiveness time. It's payback time. We can get consumed with how to pay somebody back. Does anybody play in their mind like 20 vengeful schemes of how you're going to pay somebody back when they wrong you? No. no. Well, I do. 
I'm really good at this. I tell you what, I could be a vigilante. I could be Batman. I would like to teach some people some lessons. Martin Luther King said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great of a burden to bear. Man, do we need this message today. We have so much hate and vengeance in our country. We are so divided. We are so split. We can't stand the other side. Hate is too great of a burden to bear. And I tell you what, God has been freeing me of this more and more. And it is good. It is good not to have to worry about paying somebody back and making sure that person gets what they deserve. It is so good to just be able to lay that down and be like, Lord, you take care of it. Oh, that is freedom. Hmm. God really showed me something else too. When I was holding on to hate towards people, those people were not worthy of the gospel. Those people were not worthy of me reaching out to them with the gospel. How horrible is that? Lay down your hate. Lay down your vengeance. And forgive them. Forgive them like your heavenly Father has forgiven you. Otherwise, it's kind of like you're walking around with a little stone in your shoe. Right? You've ever had that? And you think, oh, it's just a little stone. I'll just keep walking around with it. And you're kind of saying, like, man, that really hurts, though, but it's... You don't want to take the time. You're walking the res, and you got to get around it fast enough. And, and you have that just stone digging at you and digging at you and digging at you, but you don't want to deal with it. Sometimes it's the little things you got to let go of. you got to forgive people of. Don't keep walking with that stone in your shoe and think, I'll show them. Praying this prayer. I forgive those people who have sinned against me is a way of letting go of a burden, a heavy burden and resentment. And there comes a joy from that. There's a freedom by praying this. Sometimes you don't want to. Probably most times you may not want to, but pray it. Lord, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to forgive them. But we pray, not my will. Your will be done. Help me. Enable me to move on past this. Would you give me the strength to forgive this person? All right. Final burden is the burden is is the burden of getting what we want. All right. And that's when we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here's where we understand and trust that God will leave us away from temptation away from evil. He will provide a way to escape that, a way out. Think of it like this. A mother takes their kid into the grocery store and they see the candy aisle, right? And she knows if she takes the kids down the candy aisle, there is going to be a battle. There is going to be a war. There is going to be a lot of crying and whining and tantrums and everything like that. And so instead of taking them down the candy aisle, they go right past it and go down another aisle. That's what we pray. God, lead us away from this temptation. Deliver us from this evil. Don't take me down the candy aisle. Right? 
It's recognizing that we want to go down the candy aisle. We desire to go down the candy aisle, but we trust our Father to take us in a direction that is best for us. Too many times I've prayed for silly things, stupid things that I wanted. And my Heavenly Father said, no, that's not going to be good for you. And too many times I got mad. Why won't you do this? Why won't you give this? And in time, I see God's wisdom. I see his reason. I see his path and the benefit that has come from it. So when you pray this, you surrender yourself to that path. That path away from the candy aisle. At the end of the day, prayer is a means of leaning into our Father and realizing our Father is the one who sustains us. The the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Yeah, we'll do that at the end. Thank you. The power of prayer comes from taking things out of our world, out of this world, and putting them into His world. It's a shift from us trying to do it ourselves on our strength and instead relying on Him for it, trusting in Him for it. Corey Tenboom said this, the wonderful thing about praying is that you leave a world of not being able to do something and enter God's realm where everything is possible. He specializes in the impossible. Nothing is too great for His almighty power. Nothing is too small for His love. When we pray, we go into our room, we close the door, and we enter His realm. We close the door on the things that we cannot do, we cannot accomplish, and we open the door to His world, to His reign, to His realm. We open the door to where everything is possible through prayer. And we begin to lift the impossibilities to Him. And we start it all with the words, Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Spend time. Spend time in prayer. Let it change you. This isn't just how to pray. This is how to live your life. But it starts with praying. It starts with getting into His presence. What is God calling you to do? What's your purpose? What's our church's purpose? How can we be a part of that? All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, thank you for sound team getting that up and running so they can show us what we are supporting. Lord, help us to be a church that is all about that, though. Not just in that realm, but in every realm. Help us to be a church that reaches out and helps people to heal through you. Lord, we pray that we would have opportunities to share the good news with people, to witness, to disciple, to help, to serve, to love. Lord, call us to that. I pray that you would just be speaking to everyone's heart in here and calling them to something. Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. Lord, help us to be people of prayer. Help us to be a church of prayer. 
Lord, don't let it feel like a chore. Help us to, to realize the joy that comes from it. Lord, we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. If you need a guide, I've got them up here. If you didn't get one, if not, you are dismissed.